Welcome to another episode, you savage sons of bitches out there. Greg Medford from the Greg Medford Show here in Phoenix, Arizona. We've got a great guest today, um, powerful speaker, active member of the United States Congress. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the intro of that as the the third leg of our milk stool of America has abdicated its responsibility. The people is one leg. We give up some of our freedom to the ruling class as the other leg. And then the people who speak truth to power of the press are supposed to keep it all in balance. And in case you didn't notice, it's out of balance. And the third leg of the milk stool is not doing its job anymore. So it's kind of up to us citizen soldier types. Um, you know, it's the modern day tech equivalent to the Minutemen. Folks who can now step up with technology and club them back over the head speaking truth to power and getting access to power. A lot of us, when we're young, we uh, maybe we're a little rudderless or maybe we lack some guidance or maybe we think we need to do some grand adventure and we're called to duty and we offer up the only capital we have, which is our flesh. So we go in the military and we sling a rifle and kick down doors for our country. As Clausewitz said, you know, the last extension of political will is warfare. As time goes by, uh, there are other people who chose a different path. Maybe they were more focused, more directed. They had a little more guidance from above, and uh, they go have careers. And uh, today is an example of someone who went out and had a career and has uh, popped out on the other side of a career with a second career serving his country. We all serve in many different ways, and we give up our pound of flesh in many different ways. So a few of us die in battle, and uh, Godspeed to them, and a lot of us, uh, just sacrifice personally. We sacrifice our time, our families, our relationships, our energy, our life force, because at any given time in this country, a group of patriots, patriots needs to stand watch and push back on the purple-haired, heffalump, transgender, dysmorphic, Marxist shitbags who are always pushing us to the brink of destruction. And there is a group of people who are always kind of standing the line, even when we're not in wars in Afghanistan and Iraq and maybe Ukraine and Taiwan. So we've got a guest today who's doing that right now. I think he's tip of the spear. I heard him speak at a turning point, one of Charlie Kirk's things several months ago with my dad. And I know my dad looked over with teary eyes, same time as me. And uh, I just thought it was a great opportunity. We started reaching out. His office responded, and here we have him in. So here we have a second-generation American grandson of an immigrant Greek who came here for a better life, sitting down with one of the folks who's in the ruling class and who's a, a, a citizen legislator, uh, Representative Paul Gosert. It is a pleasure to have you here, and we couldn't be more happy. Greg, I'm uh, pleased to be here. wonderful to have yeah. you here. It's so much fun. Um, you just got a tour through the factory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How'd that go? It went great. I mean, to see the ingenuity, that secret sauce of, of, of America, ingenuity, uh, and the quality, you know, and the pride, that, that makes a world of difference for me. Yeah. I love seeing stuff come to life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of the creation act from the mm -hmm. Bible. Making stuff lets you just get a little in on the first six mm -hmm. days. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, the folks who are makers, and I think we talk down to makers in this country the way Christians are talked down to. Mm -hmm. um, people that are in the maker class, I think, I, you know, it's funny. I just, as I was sitting here talking, I just sitting here talking with you, I 
see some connection. There's a disdain for the maker class in the same way there's a disdain and disregard for the Christian class. There is. Um, they, they, they don't want to be, some, they don't want to see empowerment of people. Yeah. And to take, some, to take something that is raw and build a finished product out of it, that's, that's, uh, that is the, the classification of, uh, of what America is all about. Yeah, I think it's the heartbeat of America. It is. I love going around. I, everywhere I go, you know, people say, oh, you want to see? And there's no goddamn buildings I want to see. There's no shit mm -hmm. in your... I, I don't care about... I love going in factories. And mm -hmm. I'll, I like it in Switzerland. I like it in Italy. I like anywhere where I see the Creation Act going on, especially original uh, style creative stuff mm -hmm. not not just mass production copycat bullshit when i right. see like real creative neat stuff going on it tickles me more than anything i love it well that, that's that individualistic uh entrepreneurship shining through yeah so let me give everybody a little uh so you don't have to toot your own horn i'm gonna give everybody a little uh kind of background mm -hmm. on you because not everybody follows arizona politics <laughs> or uh national politics at the legislative level per se um, so, uh, Congressman Paul Gosar was a 25 year, you were a practicing yeah. dentist for 25 mm -hmm. years. Yeah. You had a career as a dentist. Uh, you're, uh, right now out of Arizona's fourth congressional district. You're in your sixth term. Yeah. You started in Arizona's first, right? Yeah. And okay. then we had redistricting and right. it, it, it evolved from there. Okay. Um, you, it seems to me like the three pillars of your, uh, political career has been about jobs, creation, illegal immigration, and security at the border. At least that's mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, committee positions, uh, you've had as a subcommittee on energy and mineral resources, subcommittee on oversight and investigations, mm -hmm. and uh, obviously you've been sitting on those during a minority, uh, so not in a chairmanship position, right. and then had those yanked from you this, uh, 2021 by, uh, Speaker Pelosi, right? Yep. Okay. And that was after the, the, uh, the cartoon. The anime video. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. It's funny. Uh, is it was it Attack on Titan? It was. And, and, and so, you know, people don't realize. Are, you, are you into Attack on Titan? Uh, my son is. Okay, because my, my daughter is. Yeah. And she was like, Attack on Titan, is he into that? I'm like, I don't know. He's like I, my age. I don't well, know. Well, one of the things that we've done, Greg, <laughs> is uh, we want to uh, get the American principles, the ideals of freedom and liberty and self-empowerment to the kids. Our kids are missing out on this. Sure. And, and the way you do that is through communication. And one of the ways of communication is by using anime. Sure. And it's perfectly situated because it talks about good and evil. And what you're finding is these titans are tearing down the walls. Uh, and what's happening with the illegal immigration right now? They're tearing down our walls. Right. They're, they're becoming, they're uh, infusing and predisposing uh, illegal acts over uh, following the law. I, I almost see, I, I've never ever thought I would say this, but I almost see a nihilism in, uh, in, in the uh, left right now, mm -hmm. a destruction. I think they feel, I think there is some, look, I don't think they're that slick and I don't think they're that smart and I don't think they're that organized, but I do think they're that brainwashed. They're on point about destroying the country i don't even know if they know that the ultimate goal is to destroy it so you can rebuild it in your own marxist vision but they're doing it they're like actively destroying it what do you what happens when you put 2.3 million illegal people in from other parts of the world with failed ideologies and mm -hmm. very little skills what happens when you bring them into a country illegally uncontrolled and put them everywhere well you you, you get chaos right is what you get 
and you get lawlessness. Um, and, and you see the, the breakdown, Greg, all the way across the board. You know, in Washington, D.C. in my time, we had Fast and Furious, Benghazi, the IRS, the unmasking uh, American citizens, Hillary Clinton's emails, the, the Russia gate, Ukraine gate, Biden gate, and Obama gate. No one paid the penalty. It, it infuses that lawlessness. Yeah, there's and no it, accountability. No, there's none. Nobody none. gets in trouble for anything. No. They lose. They leave behind a I don't know twenty billion dollars worth of military hardware. No, there's no accountability. Yeah, none. none. I mean, you know, if a if a if a lance corporal in the Marine Corps lost his rifle, he'd go to jail. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And, and we left helicopters. Uh, we left. I mean, I think about it, my mind, my head almost explodes. Well, I mean, I mean. Uh, and it was all over the hate of one individual. Right. You know, if Donald Trump touched it, we got to get rid of it. God forbid. But you're right. They, they're probably not the smartest, um, but they bought in hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. You know, and I, I see this in my own family, Greg. I'm the first of 10 kids. I've got seven siblings that are Marxists. They don't see, they don't get it. That, that they're forwarding this, this mantra, this uh, philosophy. And they're going to be the, the, the final victims. So I was going to ask you about this. Um, you're the oldest of 10, obviously. Mm -hmm. And were you you were raised up in Wyoming. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. And did you go to high school there? I did. So it's pretty formative. Did your siblings go to high yeah. school? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's about as conservative Americana as you can be. Montana, you know, the, yeah. we talk about Montana, Wyoming, yeah. Idaho, you know. Um, and were they... Where did the leftism get inculcated to them from? Is it did, did everybody go to college in your family? They did, but I would I would uh, ratchet that down by saying I probably had the most liberal education. <laughs> I went to a, a Catholic university, uh, uh, Creighton in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, and so the Jesuits actually helped uh, build me, and now they have to live with me. But uh, and and for those of you who don't know, the Jesuits are known for being almost. Um, um, radically uh rational and uh disciplined and they uh, will argue a good point yeah. i mean i've met good jesuit boxers i mean they're <laughs> the i i think th i they feel like they're the combative mm -hmm. uh, of the of the catholic sects yeah they, they call them uh, the the free the free uh what do they call them uh the free will of the of the catholic you <laughs> yeah. know they, they're challenged right right. Say the least. right right there yeah. but you know I put it in a nutshell our the current pope is a jesuit and this should explain everything. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and the, you know, and I, uh, I, you know, I, I don't agree with the current pope at all. And I know that mm -hmm. when uh, is 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 this the current pope we have right now the one you didn't go see when That's he spoke? Exactly right. I boycotted. Um, I've I've gotten in trouble with some of my Catholic friends. I'm like, hey, you know, the pope, the pope's a commie, yeah. and, and and they're like, oh, you know, you can't say that, Greg. I'm like. No, he kind of is. He's a South. He really Amer is. He's a South American version of communism for absolute sure, and he says stuff that's not actually backed up by science, rational thought, mm -hmm. observation, two hundred years of experience, and empirical rationale. I mean, he's he's a Marxist, right? And and his leadership qualities are what I challenged. You know, when you're on this, you come to the world's finest uh, podium, the House floor, to address uh, joint uh, joint members of Congress. At a time when Christian, Christians are being killed throughout the Middle East and throughout the world, right? Your your conversation point is uh, global the environment. Warming. Yeah, right. How is that? How did he stand up for the, those those Christians? So he showed his colors there. 
I agree. You know, I think there's, uh, you know, there are places in this country we could get on an airplane today and go buy a human being. Yep. And we we're talking about theoretical global warming. Yep. It's it's just it's beyond me. Yeah, I know. Me too. And so you see children, you see women, you see young men being trafficked, and this country is actually now part of the process. Right. And you see one of his final acts, uh, or more recent acts, I should say, where he subjugates the Catholic faith to the Chinese Communist Party. So the Chinese Communist Party has the last say in the cardinals, archbishops, and bishop or uh, bishops of the Chinese uh, origin. And oh, so uh, they so, they make the final pick. Not him. Not the Catholic Church. They do. Are they seeing? I, I, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around. Does the Catholic Church see its growth component in China also? Like there's where they can get a bunch oh, of new Catholics? I think Catholics? they think that, but then then you see the Communist Party take down all symbols of, of faith. Mm-hmm. You, you got the Uyghurs that are over there. Right. You, you can't separate this. This is all part of the process. Yeah. You, you can't believe in a higher being. You can't believe in worth. You're a property of the state. And I think for those of you who are watching who may not be Catholics or may, may not be like connected to the politics of religion, but the Catholic Church picks its leadership all over the world except in China where the Catholic Church can suggest its leadership and the Communist Party picks the religious leadership yeah. for the faith, which when you hear that as an American, it should rankle you. Like you should go, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Yeah, that can't be true. It's totally true. It truly is. So um, tell me about, did did you get along with your siblings before you became a congressman? We did. I I mean, we were overachievers. Uh, We we tended to be small during high school. Uh, We we were late bloomers. Right. But we always were smart, valedictorians, salutatorians of a, a small town, but very agile. Uh, we were challenging. We were taught that if you saw something wrong, you challenged it. Otherwise, you were part of the problem. Are your parents kind of left of center? Are they old-fashioned no, Democrats? No, no. They're, they're Republicans. Both my parents were national delegates to the Republican Party. My dad in 68 and 72, my mom in 76. <laughs> okay, okay. So so you come by it, honestly. Yeah. Where did the others get their indoctrination from? We don't know. That, that, that's part of the frustration that we see, Greg. We don't know. Are there other? Are there a couple other right-wingers of the kids? Yeah, my, I have a, a younger brother that is on our side, and I have a brother that stays neutral. He does not like the fighting. Okay, so you've got one Swiss brother, you got mm-hmm. another uh, lunatic fringe right winger, you got a couple of lunatic fringe lefties, or are, are no, all the lefties? There's seven. That's, that's seven, pretty, <laughs> okay. pretty okay. light. Does it ruin Christmas now, or do you, are you guys able to set the politics aside? We we can't. You can't. No, there's no. You know, uh, my comment is. Can been, you? I could sit. But they can't. They can't. You know, I, I've always been a believer that you that right of freedom of speech is is paramount. Mm-hmm. You're entitled to your speech. But so am I. Right. And, and, and where we've lost it is there's no dialogue anymore. Right. And so just to give you an example, uh, up in uh, Yavapai County, Patrice Cullors, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, was actually on, uh, on staff uh, teaching one of her uh, programs. She's free to do that. But, but, to be fair, you have to have the other side of the coin. Where's the constitutional uh, process and, and makings of America from Paul Gosar to balance, to give those s- students both sides and let them pick. Right. 
that that's that's what we fail to have, uh, learn is that freedom of speech, that freedom of assembly, that freedom to petition your government is absolute. I've, you know, I find it ironic that the godless left, and I call them the godless left a little bit tongue-in-cheek, okay, because they do, you know, there are plenty of people of faith on the left, there mm -hmm. are plenty of people who go to church who are on the left side politically, They, uh, but they kind of put religion in a box and they separate it mm -hmm. from, from uh, politics, and I get that, I understand that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things I've always tried to strive for is some kind of continuity in my ethos mm -hmm. and my worldview. Like, I want everything to kind of jive. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have these political views that are completely opposite to my religious views right. that are different than how I function mm -hmm. in my family. I feel like it all should, it should all be in concordance with one another. Mm -hmm. And uh, leftists uh, have a tendency to kind of reject uh, the notion of creationism, all yeah. of that, and they and, and that's fine if they're a person of science mm -hmm. and they want to, you know, they really they believe it, you know, they're at the altar of evolution, right. which is fine. Mm -hmm. But so their core most spiritual is in conflict with their core most social, and what you were just talking about and the great American enterprise is the free competitive marketplace of ideas. Absolutely. So they believe humanity's core is a free marketplace of competing species where the strongest shall survive. Yeah. And and they believe that to their core, overpowering their rationale or thinking about the higher power. Mm -hmm. So they reject God for that. It's that big a deal to them. Yeah. And then they reject the free marketplace of ideas. They reject the free marketplace of behavior and accountability you know which is you know that's the cornerstone of americanism is this everybody's struggling ideas and the market accepts and rejects mm -hmm. and they at their core <laughs> they're in actual contretemps to their own self absolutely they're, they're they they hate the uh they despise the entrepreneurial uh, empowerment of the individual and particularly when it's successful how did you get a leg up on somebody else who didn't have that op opportunity? And we're going to give equal opportunity instead of uh, uh, equal outcomes. Uh, equal outcomes. Yeah. So they're they're in constant strife with that. And then when you see when they see something big that's successful, got to break it up. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. I I always joke this is like four reasons somebody mm -hmm. becomes a leftist. You know, they're either uh, jealous or they're lazy or they're embarrassed, or they're signaling. Mm -hmm. That's how they get laid at home. They can't be a conservative, mm -hmm. their wife won't touch them. So I always feel like you can put any leftist I meet, I can put them in one of those four categories. Um, and I feel like, uh, uh, well, it, let me not, let, let's- but For the most part, I will tell you, they're unhappy people. I, I, I totally agree. I, what I was gonna say is I've had there's a, there's a cornerstone of Marxist thought, and most of them haven't really read Das Kapital. Mm -hmm. Most of them really haven't thought about the cornerstone of Marxism. Mm -hmm. And they espouse all of these distilled ideas from Marxism that they hear repeated on TV and mm -hmm. some professors told them in college. But they haven't read much about it. And there's a core mistake. And their core mistake is, and the reason why I think they're jealous, the reason they don't want to see success of entrepreneurs, the reason they get bitter is because... Uh, there's an assumption that Marx and Engels made that the economy and money is a, it's a closed system. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, when you add a creative person, yeah. it, there's growth where everyone gets more. Yeah. 
not it's not there's an assumption in marxism that for you to get more you have to take it from everybody else that's exactly right and and so there's this under undercurrent of resentment i i think mm -hmm. and it's uh it's really hard to get around that because it permeates their thinking about everyone right and and, and they're always you know the old adage instead of a hand out a hand up they despise the hand up they want the hand out because they they believe in the state Right. There's their status. Right. And so it's a state that has the power, not the individual. And so when the individual is given the power to make themselves better, worse, whatever they choose to do, they become the nanny state. Let's, uh, let me jump into a couple of things. You, I, you know, it's funny. And for those of you out there in digital land, if you look up your congressman or your senator, you will oftentimes find they can spend a good amount of time and do goddamn near nothing. I always bring the example of Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. When she was running for president, she'd been a senator, I think, for eight years at the yeah. time. And she had sponsored two or three pieces of legislation, and two of them were renaming roads. Mm -hmm. Just done almost nothing in it. Almost like you give me a decade in the Senate, mm -hmm. I'm going to do some stuff. Absolutely. And it, my doing may be undoing dumb stuff, but I'm going to do stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, like, how could you? you know, get the seat of power and not want to do stuff. And there are people who spend decades and do yeah. almost nothing. You've done a lot of stuff. Um, you have been uh, acknowledged as one of the most active and productive members of mm -hmm. the U.S. Congress. I think it was the 113th Congress. Yeah. I don't even have that note here. I just remember that. I can hardly read some of my writing. Um, let me, uh, I want to talk about a couple of things that are, when you look people up, you know how this is. The prevailing wind of all media is so out of the left mm -hmm. that when you look people up, if they're conservative, it's almost impossible to not find them trying to connect them to racist people yep. and being racist. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about if people Google you, they're going to read about this association with Ali Alexander or mm -hmm. you were speaking at some mm -hmm. event and... Can you give us a little breakdown on that? Because I want people to hear right from the horse's mouth instead of reading some stupid article from Politico or wherever else. Gotcha. So we saw the election process happen. And, uh, in 2020, you're talking yeah, about. In 2020. Yeah, yeah. And I was contacted by uh, several uh, people that had gotten together. One was from the Security Exchange Banking World's uh, uh, fraud department, and the other one came from the military. And they were monitoring the results on actively on the night, election night 2020. Uh, they noticed something uh, very wrong with Arizona's uh, results. They saw dumps of uh, X amount of tens of thousands into Donald Trump, and then seconds later, come back out. So they started keenly watching Arizona. They also started watching the dumps. So on the first dump, for example, in Coconino County. These are the vote dumps that yep, happened. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Joe Biden got 61%. Well, if that's the case... Numerically, he should be in that same realm all the way through, maybe 55, 58, 65, you know, on that same realm, but not 34, 38, 37, 35. Something's abnormally wrong there. Right. So when they looked at those aberrations, they saw that there were four counties, very questionable, Maricopa, Pima, Coconino, and Pinal. Problems arose. 
So everybody started saying, listen, something is wrong here. So word went out to go to the Capitol and, and to the uh, 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 Secretary of State's office to make sure that they're counting these right. We had also heard that uh, on the duplicate ballots, uh, there was problems. And that it, it was uh, 3% on 100 ballots, which it should be zero. And if it was 3% in Maricopa County, so, that would so be 90,000 ballots. For everybody else, just so you know, Arizona was won by a little less than 10,000 yep. votes. Yeah. Uh, and there, are, I don't know how many of there there are in the state. Are there six million of us now? Or yeah, it's is close. Right. So close to six million people. Maricopa County is where Phoenix, Scottsdale, Peoria, Chandler. Yeah. It's the it's the big populous county. And uh, what he's talking about is there was an initial sampling through a lawsuit, I believe, and they said they would ask for a recount, and they said no recount. But yeah. if you do a sample first and find error, right. then we'll take it to the next level. Is that the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. So, okay, I just want so to make sure these are the duplicate ballots. Okay. And why it's so important for that calibration is a duplicate ballot, the ballot the original voter sent in is unreadable. Right. It may have a coffee stain. It may have a tear. It may have a blotch. So what they do is they take a clean ballot and they have judges from both Democrats and Republicans looking over this judge's uh, uh, back. And they determine how that voter was wanted their vote to count. Then they apply it to the new one and they run them through a machine. So you should have zero, zero wrong. Well, if you get 3% wrong, and they're on two ballots. In for the the first one was uh, the three percent. The the counter took a ballot from Joe Bi or from Donald Trump and gave it to Joe Biden. That's a two percent swing. The second one it deleted Donald Trump's vote. That's two percent also. That's one. Oh, okay. That's just one. So time together. That's three. Three percent in Maricopa County is over ninety thousand ballots. Right. Okay. Now these are just statistics. So then they have a problem because that's um, by far uh, above the uh, margin of error. So they actually go to 2,500. They stop midway. We don't know where they stopped. We heard they had double digit uh, d uh, differences. So they did an audit, a random audit of mm -hmm. 2,500 random sample ballots. Yeah, they, this was before the cyber ninja bullshit. That's exactly right. Okay. Exactly right. So something was wrong. And so this, this kind of word went out to go down to, to say stop the steal say take the time count the count them right count all ballots it just was organ just came out of nowhere and so i went down they knew i was coming down they asked me to speak who's they uh ali was one of them oh okay so uh, this know. is a stop the steal uh yeah political action group of uh, citizens yeah okay. absolutely and they gathered together and they want you to speak yeah and so i spoke and one of the things I said over and over again was you have the right to assemble. You have the right for free speech. You have a right for, for religion. You have a right to put, assemble and petition your government, government with grievances. No violence. I said that over and over and over again. Right. And then we marched. Someone said, why don't we go down to the... Uh, marched down uh, the Capitol building. Yeah, go from the Capitol and go down to the, the Secretary of State's office where they're counting. And we did. We wanted to make sure people knew we were watching. And, and that was totally peaceful. Yeah, totally peaceful. Okay, and then so uh, the Ali Alexander, he was kind of linked to some anti-Semitic comments at some point or the other, and some he, he they've called him some sort of white nationalist and blah 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 blah. Is, is 
Is that true? Is that what they've been accused him of? They've accused him of a lot of things. Okay. Have, did you vet him at all, or was it just no. it seemed like a somebody in your district, and they've asked you to come speak? I, I, and it's, I, I didn't know who Ali was. Okay. To be honest with you, like yeah, you didn't I, vet I mean, me. You didn't. No. Okay. Okay. No. And, and 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 here's the thing, I, I thought I was a representative of all the of all the people. Right. So why am I not talking to people? So I, I'll give you this, Greg. Why would we spend more time talking to China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea than our young kids on the freedom of speech and assembly, our constitutional rights, the freedom to assemble, the freedom to petition your government, right. the checks and balances? Yeah. What is wrong with that? Especially when there is, there is no violence. Now, I, I was called anti-Semitic. Do you know why? Because you're Catholic, I don't no, know. No, I took on George Soros. Oh. God that, forbid. Yeah, that seems like a... You know, here's a guy Here's a guy that survived uh, the concentration camps. Mm -hmm. Oh, but it's how he did it that matters. And it's not disputed. You could go to 60 Minutes and look at Steve Kraft's interview with him. He assisted a Nazi uh, officer who confiscated things from the Jews. He's an accomplice. He's a collaborator. That's exactly it. Right. And he was asked if he uh, regretted that. His answer was no. He said, it was a marketplace. If I didn't do it, somebody else would. So oh, my, next, my, my next question oh, was, 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 my next thing was, uh, I made the statement, then women are stronger than men. And the question came, what are you talking about? I said, and Frank died on principle. He chose not to. Right. He's only 14. He's got oh, no principles. Hey, it's exactly right. Uh, the, when you start, he's just a kid. Right. But he's never changed his mantra. He's the guy that's behind this one world order. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, so that's how I was called Semitic, anti-Semitic. Okay. So we have to be careful. Well, I just think you're good. It, it, I mean, I have been called racist no. so many times. You know, the internet's just this, it's this crazy um anonymous mm -hmm. mostly place where people just pot shot at you constantly yeah. mm -hmm. and the press is part of it yep um we don't have it we don't have an equal uh uh unbiased press oh my god no 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 far and, and, far and, from it they're 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 actually the most biased of exactly, almost anybody exactly right and and i go to the old, the old adage you remember uh learning when you're a kid sticks and stones might break my bones but yeah. names will never hurt me yeah we got to get harder if you're being called names, yeah, there's a reason why. Right, uh, you're probably over the bombing site. Keep staying where you're at. You know what I noticed about uh, leftists lately, and I was educated in Massachusetts mm -hmm. and Connecticut and Pennsylvania. Wow. So uh, in the belly of the beast, mm -hmm. um, I was indoctrinated on leftism and leftist ideas. Uh, my uh, my my favorite class I took in high school was poli sci with Jake Mahegan. Jake was a uh, Boston Public classic uh liberal mm -hmm. democrat and so i was indoctrinated on these on leftism and I, so i know the leftist arguments mm -hmm. very well and that was a socratic period you know we're you're a little older than i am but we still come from that time yeah. in america where there was a there, we were all we were we were fighting and yeah. the socratic method of uh point and counterpoint was acceptable yeah. That's right there's a new generation of folks and they uh they're Ideas are uncoupled from empiricism and they're uncoupled from observation. Right. They're purely theoretical 
and they don't actually know their arguments very well. They just know their opinions. Yeah. So they go from, here's my opinion, I'm right, to you're a racist for disagreeing with yeah, me. Exactly. Like they have one, they have no, like if somebody says you're racist, I go, oh, wait a minute, how come I'm a racist? Well, let's unpack that. Mm -hmm. We can break that down and go, see, I'm, I'm, what I'm not saying is that it's not about race. Or if I say, you know, women actually, women engineers make more money than men engineers. Mm -hmm. We don't actually have a gender pay cap. We yeah. just have a lot of women choose to be nurses and teachers. Right. So Absolutely. it changes the numbers a little bit. Subset analysis, right? Mm -hmm. If you break that down, I'm like, you call me, uh, oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a gender hater and I believe in the male patriarchy. <laughs> I go, no, I believe in what, I believe in who's most efficient. I don't care about what gender or color or race mm -hmm. or, and I'm willing to, I can step back and have the argument. They can't. No. They, they have a tantrum and they get louder. Yeah. And and more violent and and more violent and uh, and they cast more aspersions mm -hmm. at the person they're talking to. Mm -hmm. Whereas you know, I say, oh, don't you know that? I'm like, don't you know that? Yeah. And they go, you're bad, and you're that, evil, yeah. you're awful. Changing the direction. Yeah. And, and so so when you go looking at that election, you know, one of the things that I used as an argument was uh, this video that was done by HBO uh, by the Democrats. It's called Kill Chain. It's about the voting machines and the fraud that they said happened in 2016. Now, it's hard to refute when it's your own publication, when it's your experts making the same assertions that we've come to the conclusion, we don't want these machines. We, we want self-counting. We want paper ballots. We want them all on one day. Right. These are the same dispersions that they've put forward. So one of the things I've done is I've point counterpoint to force them to, to accept. Is that not Amy Klobuchar who's saying this mm -hmm. exactly words that I've spoken? Yes, it is. Is this Jamie Raskin, the so-called constitutional guy, making these same assertions? Mm -hmm. You know, you talk about these machines, but yet, and the uh, subcommittee on election for, uh, for election security on Homeland Security, U.S. Senate, their, their, their conclusion on these machines were they're 100% corruptible. Not just Dominion, ES&S, others. All of them. All of them. Yeah, there's no digital space that's not corruptible. Absolutely. And, and, and at the very end, you have this Democratic uh, specialist that basically comes with this assertion. We have to have counters that have no computer guts. Right. We have to have paper ballots. We have to count them. We have to have it so that it's a right type of ink or whatever, so that we have security phone. Do you, do you know what uh, I was most concerned about? I'm... You know, I'm such an optimist, and I really think that there are so many great times ahead for America, mm -hmm. and I think there's a fight going on, and I'm totally mm -hmm. good with having a fight. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the ways I, I don't get down. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not down. I'm like, ah, oh, this is just part of the dirty fight. we got to roll up our sleeves and start punching. But uh, I'm the most concerned about a foreign power nudging the election mm -hmm. because they at a national level in China and in Russia have a cyber war actively going on with us mm -hmm. that we're not acknowledging. Yep. And it's a real war. They're oh, disrupting yeah. business. They're messing with commerce. They're messing with inner, inner, our, our, our inner border uh, you know, policy. And mm -hmm. I'm not as concerned that the Democratic Party whoops up some, some interstate conspiracy with hundreds of citizens. I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think anybody's that good enough to pull it off. I don't think the secret wouldn't get out real easily. I, I actually, I'd like to think the best of my leftist 
countrymen. I don't think they could pull off that conspiracy. But what I, I think the election got monkeyed with, and I think they weren't part of it. I think it happened without them even knowing. I, you know, Greg, that's an interesting uh, thought process. Um, I would agree with you uh, for the most part. However, it, you have this, this, this video out there that shows them acknowledging with their own experts yeah. what we've seen, what they saw, right. and, and, and the challenge in the Georgia governor's race with Stacey Abrams right, and the current right, governor. Right. And when you go back as uh, October of 2020, China owned Dominion. Isn't this interesting? You know, when, they own part of it or invested in it. No, you mean? They're, they're the majority owner. Okay, so uh, North Carolina goes back. Uh, they were doing an RFP uh, a request for a proposal, and uh, for the uh, Dominion voting machines. They went through the first test. The second part of the test was they had to uh, explain, tell people who are your major investors and were there any foreign countries. They removed that RFP. They didn't want to disclose that. If elections are so important to this country, the core of our ability, one person, one vote, right. or one citizen, one vote, why can't we have something that's made in America? I mean, I, I've come into your, your your manufacturing, and you're proud of all being American. That, yeah. That's what I thought it was all about. Yeah. And uh, I, I find it uh, hard to accept that they didn't know and didn't have some kind of plan. Another question. How did the U.S. Postal Service, be, or are they involved? Let's go something closer to home. Let's go to 2018 and uh, District 4. The Mojave County early ballots went out, and usually in two weeks, the, the election's over. That's how many votes ballots come in. They were trickling in. Something was wrong. <clears throat> go to Kingman Post Office, very few ballots. They go to Lake Havasu, very few ballots. Go to Lake uh, Bullhead City, very few ballots. But then they go to Vegas and Henderson. They have stacks of them, stacks of them being put aside. So look at Pennsylvania. Trucks during the night come with ballots, 90-10. 90% for Joe Biden, 10 for Donald Trump. Statistically impossible. Statistically impossible. That's not for me. That's from the fraud experts. So let me ask you a couple. I want to ask you a couple of questions because I've had Sonny mm -hmm. Borelli and mm -hmm. some of the folks who were involved in the Arizona Senate recount that mm -hmm. was done here, Cyber Ninjas and all of that. Um, and I, listen, I love these guys that have come in and mm -hmm. talked to me, these gals that have come and talked to me, these patriots. But I've, I feel like I've had multiple hour direct sit downs with Arizona senators who are firsthand knowledge mm -hmm. and all they had was circumstantial side soft data mm -hmm. and they had no smoking gun after months of research. What do you think happened? Because you must be talking to these folks. It's a big mm -hmm. uh, saber that you're rattling around Washington the last mm -hmm. six months year. Um, what, what happened? Why does the election audit that happened here absolutely inconclusive with no information that anyone can wrap their brain around and have a conclusion of what happened? 
there is some conclusions. There's all over 200,000 ballots in question. You have illegal ballots. You have signatures. The, the expert only got a sampling of them and then found a whole bunch of them that actually were signed after they were certified. That, that's a, so important. The problem with the report was it was drawn up by engineers. So you have to go back through the report to look at it. So it's not all in one place. Everybody says, here's that one smoking gun. No, it's by a series, a series of events. So have you, have you gone through the audit with a fine tooth comb and looked at it? We have. And what is your takeaway from it? There, because, is, de there is definite fraud. Because everyone asks me, hey, you're from Arizona, Greg, you do all mm -hmm. this political, you meet, meet all these folks, what's going, what the hell's going on with the audit, whatever happened? And mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I've had people come and talk to me and I don't have a direct, I'm, I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. So you guys took a look at it and you, you how much fraud? There's a bunch. So um, let's talk about voter security. Okay. About ballot security. Of the 1,600 boxes that were supposed to be sealed, there were only 49 of them that were sealed. All the rest have been opened and altered. So 1,551 had been yep, opened? Yep, and there was a variety of types of paper within there. Some of the boxes did not contain 200 uh, votes, vote, ballots. Some had less, no had, none had more. You had these results, like in Pima, 90-some percent of all the precincts responded in voting, when the high of theirs has been in the 70s, at the very best. So magically, they got all these other people out. How is it that more ballots were sent out, or less ballots were sent out than they received? So, so it doesn't make sense. So the results are there. It's this unwillingness to investigate. I'll give you another example. Dominion. Why is it that no election officials can actually uh, work on those machines? It's all service from within Dominion. You have Apple and, and uh, the big computer companies who actually invite you to try to break into their computers. They won't share anything on our most important aspect of counting votes. Uh, you've had... But what's their argument? Do they say it's our proprietary software? And, yep, yep, that's what they do. And I kind of scratch my head because it, it's fucking counting. It's yeah. yes, no, or, uh, what do you mean it's well, proprietary? And then, I, and then I keep coming back to the, the, the Democrats. Yeah, exactly right. We don't need the computer back background. We just need a simple mechanical counter. I agree. And and there's back doors. They said they couldn't be pen, penetrated or they would not look for a, a internet service. Well, in Killchain, they actually get a Dominion uh, software uh, a machine. They turn it on. Guess what it does? It looks for the internet. You actually had Joe Vaughn, one of the uh, uh, individuals with expertise, in Georgia during the Senate runoff. He actually hacked into their mainframe. He could change the votes if he wanted to. He did it right in front of God, the world, and everybody. There's these back doors that are created. Yeah, I mean, we've looked at this from over and over again from the Chinese. You know, so our infrastructure hardware, we're constantly looking for what is a backdoor, and that's why we have so many problems. So, it, you know, I guess there's two possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. One possibility is um, white women in the United States mm -hmm. were turned off by the grab the pussy comment from the president mm -hmm. from his first election and voted against him because they just had enough of him. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we know that 
happened. Yeah, they didn't like his tweets. They thought he was angry. Right. Which means they're really comfortable with their sons, nephews, and grandsons going off to war Mm -hmm. because of the feckless leadership of the Mm -hmm. leftist weaklings they put in Mm -hmm. power because he didn't do the homework. So they're okay with their sons going off to war as long as they don't. The president doesn't do any bad tweets, so I, I I have a I have a bone to pick with white women in this country. I'm mm-hmm. pissed off. Black people, I'm like uh, they voted more for Republicans any time in your history. Right. Hispanics more for Republicans any time in history. I don't have any problem with any demographic. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed off at white women who cry and bemoan war and elect leak weak leaders, mm-hmm. which gets more war, right? That's exactly right. And, <laughs> so, and, 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 but but you also the, I also say I will tell you. The amount of fraud in this election. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of white women that actually closed their eyes, closed their nose, and voted for Donald Trump because of the financial aspects. Right. You know, the economy, the things changing. There were opportunities. So, I, I, I to back to my original idea, if there's a two possibilities for somebody looking in on this who's not mm-hmm. like, you know, sleeves rolled up with blood on their hands with this fight that's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a fight for the soul of our country because yeah. if you can't have faith in elections, you disenfranchise yeah. the most engaged people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, I, and that's why we have to get through this rhetoric. You know, all these new and uh, nuances that they come up with that all the state legislators are trying to make it harder. No, they're making it easier to vote, harder to cheat. That's a core principle in this country. Easier you know? to vote, harder to cheat. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there, the, either one possibility is there's always mess to our election mm-hmm. of half of a percent or so. Mm-hmm. That is death moving zealot at the box mm-hmm. changing votes there's all there's probably always some sort of messiness to mm-hmm. the to the system okay and, and this is what reasonable people are kind of looking in from the outside mm-hmm. wrestling with um and trump just didn't win by enough to overcome the typical noise that's there because there's always mm-hmm. some half a percent of noise say. and it's his fault that's one group mm-hmm. And then there's another group that says, well, he lost just because of his big mouth. And then there's another group that says he lost because there was enough cheating across the whole country that it undermined an election for real right in front mm-hmm. of our very eyes. And it seems like you're in that third camp. I'm, I would say there's a little of everything in there. I, I, I think that the system let us down. We didn't have the oversight. Why is it that during COVID, we couldn't go see our loved ones in nursing homes and assisted living homes Mm -hmm. and retirement homes, but yet they voted 100%? Well, because people were going through collecting their votes for them. They were ballot ballot harvesting. Absolutely. And and is is it a right or is it a necessity for a a healthcare worker to manipulate that? We're a, a series of checks and balances. Yeah. I'm always a believer. I said, good process builds good policy, builds good politics. That's the case in point here. You brought up the voter rolls. Why aren't we going through this process and looking at the rolls, saying this person, here's an affidavit for an obituary. I just lost my dad. So you have to have 10 death certificates to go around to make sure that everybody knows that Anton J. Gosar is passed away, deceased, shouldn't be on the voter rolls. Why aren't we going back at the county recorders and saying, listen, walk me through how my ballot is counted. Tell me, tell me, 
tell me I lost my uh, my my father. Is he removed from the ballot box or from the uh, the records the the rolls? Right. We don't do that. So there's uh you know there's uh always I mean, it, it, there is so much about government I don't like and I and whenever I talk to lefties and I have a get, find a lefty who can engage me I go look your ideas are from the heart and you're thinking and you're trying to solve a problem and I get it but mm. everywhere you send a team of people from the government to fix something they fuck it up and mm. they ruin it yeah and uh you know, like for instance, I want to hire 30 more people and I've had all this electricity brought to the building and the inspectors after almost, you know, 14 months now, they said, oh, you have people in the building. You need to get, you have to apply for a new permit and get, get, get it re-engineered and have a new inspection. And I'm like, guys, we've been doing this for 13 months. This, this has already been approved. Yeah. You already brought the power over to my building. What, what do you mean you're not going to put the transformer yeah. in without that? Um, everything now that's the local, the municipal right. and, and it's Arizona, which is business friendly. Yeah. You know, what's it like in California? Oh, yeah. Um, I talked to people and their, 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 uh, heads explode about this everywhere. How basically we have these bureaucrat people in office who are stiff arming their little fiefdoms. Yep. They're stiff arming the free exchange of ideas yeah. and the free, the free motion of capital in our country. Absolutely. Messing with us at every level. Yeah. So. So what do we do looking in? Um, what do we do? You know, you're you're fighting this fight right mm -hmm. now. And I feel like most people are kind of like moveon.org. They're done. They're like, just enough. We've got a president already. Yeah. We really got to look to the future. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there with a stalwart other few kind of still b beating the hammer saying, mm -hmm. hey, guys, the next election won't matter if we don't right. correct what's been messed up. Mm -hmm. And people are tired of hearing about it yeah. because they've got covid fatigue they've got all sorts of fatigue yeah what's the solution at this point what are you going for well we first we have to identify the problem we have an overreaching federal government and we the people in the states gave them limited powers and over time congress and we the people have advocated some of those powers back to the federal government so the first step is going to have to be enhancing and supporting the 10th amendment states rights we're going to do this devolutionary process back. You're seeing it in Florida now with my good friend, Ron DeSantis, mm -hmm. challenging, saying, no, we're sovereign. You can't put that mandate here. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. That's why we need that 10th Amendment. We need strong governor candidates. We need strong state senators, uh, attorney generals. Look at the process. Attack. Instead of playing reactive politics, right. go, go proactive. You know there's a problem, go after it. And if someone did the crime, they gotta do the time. That's why it's so important that the, we, we know people uh, clean servers, they weren't supposed to. Who are those people in Maricopa County that did that? Where's the indictments? People need to know that if you do wrong, you're gonna pay penalties. So who, who is this group here in Maricopa County? Is it the, uh, who, who's in charge of the elections? Is it, it's, it's the, it's the uh, secretary of state down to the county. And is it the county recorders? Yep, yep. And, and then are they the ones who have custody of the machines and the voting machines yep. and boxes mm -hmm. and all that? Mm -hmm. And, but, but even, even that Greg was a problem because when 
the state Senate, the legislature, asked for the records. They took them to court saying you have no jurisdiction when in our Constitution, the legislature has the sole propriety to, to, to that oversight. So part of the problem with this audit, it had never been done before, this forensic audit of this mm -hmm. type. Number two is there was always a question on who had the actual priority to review. And you actually had Republicans fighting for, against that oversight. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and were they covering their ass? The, I mean, I, I the, don't know if they even knew. It's the, you, don't, you don't know if the Board of Supervisors even knew? I, I don't even know. So I, I go back. So you go back to the cinema uh, McSally race. It's basically 50 50 with McSally up a couple of 20,000 ballots. Well, then all the temporary uh, uh, polling places and uh, the uh, others that came from out of the state, if it was 50 50 all the way through, you'd expect it 50 50 from all those rest of those extra polling spaces. How was it 90-10? So you have some commonality there. Who was the recorder? Interesting. So The same he, county recorder. Yeah, it's the same one. Yeah, he's running for uh, Secretary of State. So my he's friends, coming. my friends are, um, they're, uh, you know, I've got friends all over the world and all over mm -hmm. the country because of my business. And they're like, What's going on with Arizona? Because people joke all the time. Yeah. They go, God, you know, when the rest of the world puts its head up its ass, we're coming to Arizona. Because <laughs> you guys have your Second Amendment rights. Yeah. You can do business. Mm -hmm. And I walk around and everywhere I go, are the vast majority of people I encounter are conservative. And even my liberal friends are pro-business. Mm -hmm. Even my liberal friends uh, on the spectrum of liberal are pretty right. centrist. Right. It's a conservative state. Yeah, We've got... Democrat mayors in all three of our major cities. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, Democrat city councils. Yep. We've got uh, two Democrat senators. Mm -hmm. And I'm scratching my head, and we're all looking at each other going, how in the world is this possible? And then Trump happened. And, uh, you know, like I've kind of let it go at this point because mm -hmm. there's only so much uh, uh, vitriol I can hold on to mm -hmm. without it ruining my soul. I wonder how it's happened. And I have said repeatedly, I go, you know, how did, how did this person get elected? And then, you know, what you hear the press say is it's all the Californians coming in from California. That's the big excuse. Mm -hmm. I think it's convenient, but I think the, cons I think the Californians that come in, I don't think they're Democrats. Most of them. I think they wanted the F out of there. Cause I talked to, I encounter Californians all the time. I'm yeah. like, you from California? They're like, no, no, no. I already bought a gun. It was a first. I mean, it's like it comes mm -hmm. right out of their mouth. Yeah. Cause I always go, did you buy a gun yet? You know, like get get a gun, mm -hmm. get some freedom on you. Mm -hmm. Cause once you taste freedom, you won't go back. Yeah, exactly. But don't bring your freaking California here. Yeah. Like I do it. I'll, I'll roll down the window of my truck and be like, hey, nice BMW. You from California, huh? He's <laughs> like, I, I got a gun right here. I'm like, all right, okay, fair enough. You know, welcome to Arizona. Well, I don't think it's just from California. I think there's some. There's some from Colorado. You have a big yeah. entrepreneur coming in here uh, from the medical side. Uh, they were very uh, stalwart in turning Colorado blue. You know, so once again, if you can't get your message out, when you have a media that's all one size, yeah. you know, I, I look at my own personal experiences. So me and the repugnant go way back. You know, they hate me. 
I have a disdain for them as well. This is the Arizona Republic for yeah. those of you outside yeah. Arizona. He calls it the Arizona Repugnant. Yeah. So they would write stories and they were they were false. And so what we did is we took the time to go out to our masses. I'm known for that. And and here's here's the, here's the proof. This is what I can show you. This is what we did. This is why we did. It. This is how we did it. Da 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 da. And when you make that effort uh, to show that people lie, lie, lie. Uh, what ends up happening is when they write a story on you later on, people don't believe them. In fact, it works against them. Right. Oh, there they go. Attacking Dr. Gosar again. You know, we know him. He's always here. He's always proved what he's done. So we don't believe him. So it's like positive for me. Right. That's one of the reasons why I was labeled as the most dangerous man in Congress. <laughs> you can't write this. You can't make this stuff up. This is political. This is NSNBC. This is the Hill. And the reason they did that, why, why they said that, was here's the comment. Most politicians are go to the limelight to speak all the time. This Gosar guy is way different. He talks when he wants to. He's a doer. He gets things done. He's challenged the insurance industry and won. He's challenged big uh, environmental groups and won. He's looked at bureaucracies and he's won. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Going back to good process, builds good policy, builds good politics. And empowerment is the other part. You listen to people on Main Street. They're going to tell you what the problem is. Keep your mouth shut. They're going to tell you the solution. Then incorporate them. Give them a voice. Empower them to be part of the solution. That's the magic of America. Yeah. I agree. I uh, I hate solutions from way on high. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've 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 I use this analogy for years. Uh, I, if you got a flooding problem in your town, would you go ask one of your long-term successful farmers for help, or do you want to hire an engineering firm? <laughs> That's not... We had a we had a thing in Massachusetts when I was a kid. Uh, I'm actually a native from here, and mm -hmm. ended up back there because of you know bi coastal family. I ended up back there for high school and college. Mm -hmm. And there was a town near us that it had this flooding problem where part of the town just be was becoming a swamp. Mm -hmm. And they brought in this engineering firm and they spent, I don't know, 10, 15 years assessing it and came up with a multi-billion dollar federal government problem mm -hmm. that needed to be solved. And uh, one of the town uh, selectmen got his brother-in-law who was a farmer and they finally just basically, with no permits, just went and he said, we need to put a 100-foot pipe, 8 feet in diameter from here to here that will all just drain out into this loose soil. And the whole problem stopped. And it was for like $100,000. Yeah, well, it, it, it took like three months. Yeah, it, it talks about the problems with the Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah. You know, they're so backed up because they're so bureaucratically um, bogged down. Yeah. You know, when I was the chairman of Western Caucus for the four years I was during the Trump administration, we went to them and that's what we said. Let's streamline this process. I don't want to deal with anybody lower than a sub, uh, lower secretary of, of, of the interior or secretary of ag, whatever. And the comment came back to me, why? I said, I don't want to get bogged down by somebody who's been planted in the bureaucracy just to hold up processes like this. I want it needs to see the light of day. I need people that are solution makers to move forward. I want people that want to keep everything above board lawful on board as well. Amazing things happen. Yeah. You start getting stuff done. You know, I think it was Einstein who made the comment. We don't have to think more. We just have to think differently. 
You combine that with keep it simple, stupid, you got a winning tag. Let me ask you some questions. Yeah. Um, have you had any personal FaceTime with uh, President Biden? No. Okay. So not once. Not Have you had an opportunity and turned it down? No. Okay. Um, let me see. I My next four questions. I, I'm stunned that you haven't had a chance to get FaceTime with him. Do you know, is, is, uh, I know President Trump was meeting a lot with everybody. Mm -hmm. He met with everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I put my card on Trump a year before I, when he announced, I said, that's the guy yeah. I want him to kick over. Mm -hmm. I want him to kick over the money changers, uh, tables in this temple. Mm -hmm. It is madness right now. And I just thought he was going to be a disruptor and he'd put a couple of Supreme court justices in and then he did what he did. Yeah. And oh. I went, Oh, think about that. He, he, how everything he said he was going to do, he did. What an effective and, guy! And you know, that was in spite of all the resistance and the lies and the oh, yeah. I mean, I we've never seen a campaign no. run after an election that like that ever. No, uh, definitely uh, a, a man of his word. One of my favorite things about Trump is uh, is uh, his enemies have to define themselves. Mm -hmm. So you got to find out who everybody was. I mean, he crushed careers everywhere. Yeah. You know, we see right now, really what we see is a, a failed, uh, old-fashioned view of who we are as America mm -hmm. in, in the White House. It's a failed view. Right. And they have failed all year long. At every turn, they're failing, even when they have the best of intentions. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of bright people around, uh, and they're still failing. Right. In spite of it all, no firings. Yeah. No change of staff, no accountability, right. not one general relieved of duty. I mean, how does Afghanistan happen and the same generals in charge? Oh, and, and now <laughs> here, and, and why wouldn't you have stopped the National Defense Authorization Act to put light on that based upon that, that ill-conceived process? And, and they actually stood for it. If you're a general... And, and, and you told him, listen, you got a problem in Afghanistan. We got to do this a little bit differently. And he does it that way. Your duty was to the, the, the men that, and women that were under your command and the assets of the United States. Why wouldn't you raise your voice? Right. Saying, wait a minute, this is inconceivable. This is not going to be, you know, coming out of this. I have a hard time imagining any career. Uh, and, and I've known a few generals. I have a hard time imagining any career, including being a general, where I wouldn't walk away from the career. Mm -hmm. Not a single one, mm -hmm. especially when it matters so much. Imagine being the dissenting general who says, you know what? I'm you go you go right to Fox News, CNN, NBC, you hold a press conference, say, mm -hmm. I'm resigning my commission. I have to speak out. I've followed all legal orders up till now, and what's going on now is a travesty. And it's bad for our country, and I have to resign. Yeah. Well, think about how we got here. So you saw the Obama administration purge the general corps. Yes. And wasn't it interesting that Donald Trump couldn't find one that actually were, were, was worth the muster? So they, his take they, on it after the fact was really funny. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, I really i have always thought so highly of these generals, and after having worked with them, I really don't have a very high opinion <laughs> of them. Well, they're... <laughs> This is, you see the, the, the trans, transitory aspect of how they apply this. Let's take it a step further. What happened this year with the mandatory vaccines? It's another purge of our military. 
Absolutely. So, so once again, it's a purge of patriots. There you go. Yeah. So we're defining. They're, they're ahead of us by defining the battleground. Right. And, and then, we're we're stuck reacting. Like, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's hard for me to look at the election of 2020, Greg, and see no excitement around Joe Biden. He couldn't even get two, three, five people to show up in Phoenix. And when Trump comes to Prescott, Arizona, there are th tens of thousands. In fact, he had to take a helicopter ride again. He could not believe it, the yeah. people coming. Just in Florence, down there. Yeah. Over 50,000 Unbelievable, people. unbelievable. Just, I, I, when I got up the podium, I just kind of went, oh my Lord. Like, holy the, shit. The people stretched so far out there to yeah. where the horizon met this, this. You're talking about last weekend. Yeah. It's unbelievable. No, listen, I've been in numerous rallies and, and got to meet his family and be behind the mm -hmm. curtain a little bit. And it is absolutely, there's, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the kind of contagion that normally wins. In fact, almost always wins. That's the kind of contagion we've never seen. That's and it right. is so powerful. There are those of us a year later going, there's no way. Ah, no effing that, way. Yeah. And when you start to see this Lincoln project, you see the disdain with the Cheneys in regards to the process. You see some of the processes that even the establishment Republicans put into yeah, play. Absolutely. It does make sense. Right. But, but we have to get past this. We have to make sure that we're representing America and, and its directions uh, going forward. Answer to the people. So talk to me a little bit. I know they were just trying to pass this national election or do this mm -hmm. big federal grab for election mm -hmm. power from the federal government, which would mean that the rules nationwide would turn into a big political shit show, just like yeah. selecting the Supreme Court is yeah. as turned into. Mm -hmm. Um, you, of course, believe it should be still left back at the states. Yep. Are you nudging at all? Are you talking with our state legislators about, you know, about what we can do here? Uh, how does, I mean, are you, I know you're involved in the 435 members of Congress mm -hmm. and Arizona's will in Washington. Yeah. Do you, uh, interact at all with our state legislators about a hey, look, you know, I'm voting against this in Washington, and here's what we're doing in mm -hmm. Arizona. Mm -hmm. I do, and it's you're going to see a bigger impact from the state, as I talked to you about earlier. The Tenth Amendment, the power of getting that rest, uh, wrestling that that power that we, the people in the states, had as sovereign entities. You look at illegal immigration. You know we're being overrun because of the lack of this uh, this administration and previous administrations to do their job. Unbelievable. You know? So. So we have got to take care of, uh, and, and you go back into the, the writings and, and the small states were in the big states. This was that checks and balance. Yeah. You know, and now they're trying to get rid of the uh, electoral college. Right. Well, that, to understand it, you have to go back to understand that the big states would overwhelm small states. Yeah, that was so we wouldn't be serfs to the big cities. There you go. You Absolutely. Know, that was because Vermont didn't want uh, Virginia in charge of mm -hmm. everything. That was because uh, New, you know, Boston didn't want New York in charge. Yeah. You know, the, the the people forget that the the electoral colleges was to make sure that the ninety percent of us who were farmers in our agrarian society didn't become serfs to what they thought were. Cities of ill repute and dins exactly. of iniquity. Exactly right. And and, and the process. It's is, the same. We are, yeah, we are a republic, not a democracy. Right. Uh, all republics are democracies, but not all democracies are republics. Right. And so the difference is a checks and balance. Right. 
And we're going, we're, they're trying to head us to a, a, a democracy, which is the angry pitchfork, majority rules, mob rules. Well, and Greek found out that the Greeks found out in ancient times that mm -hmm. didn't work. The direct democracy didn't really work. And it didn't, it wasn't good for pluralism at all. And right. lots of problems with it. Yeah, it's never worked once. Right. And so we have this experiment going on in this country that has worked. We've never seen the lowest poverty level, the highest incomes uh, than we've ever seen in the world today. It's not because of Russia. Right. It's not because of China. Right. It's because of the United States of America. Right. I, I feel so often, you know, it's funny. I talk to um, everywhere I go. I, I talk people, I talk to people, we talk politics mm -hmm. and I talk to kids a lot. Um, and I talk to their parents and we, we talk about what's going on in schools. Mm -hmm. And because of COVID, there's been lots of parents standing around having these sidebar discussions. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I talk about how awesome America is. And I, you know, I talk about the War of 1812. Mm -hmm. I talk about the Barbary Coast War, war which was really mm -hmm. freeing enslaved Christians in North Africa, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, I talk about the founding of our country, you know, basically being a compromise that wasn't perfect. But within 100 years, we worked out man's ancient dilemma and killed a quarter million of each other to do, make the right choice. Right. Absolutely. As a, and it wasn't a benevolent king with soft hands. It was dirty fingernailed farmer types yep. that changed the world. That's exactly right. And we freed the world for everybody. And I talk about how awesome America is. And it's funny, you see people light up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think anybody's doing that anymore, you know, much anymore. Uh, talking about how awesome this experiment is, is and how we can't change the structure that got us here. Mm -hmm. You know, and you see it going on. The, the first thing they want to do is unravel our republic. That's right. Let's get rid of the filibuster. Let's pack the Supreme Court. Let's turn it into a big political body of more people, mm -hmm. uh, and 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 uh, and let's get rid of uh, 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 the electoral college process. Right. And you and you go, well, hold on a second. Yeah. This is what this is what's supposed to make the big and powerful uh, rational for compromise because mm -hmm. they they could be undone by everybody. Right. That's so we get to the middle. That's right. Well, and and it wasn't. It wasn't just getting to the middle. It was having getting, the debate. Right. There's no debate anymore, Greg. Right. The debate would be, you have one idea, I have another idea. We debate back and forth, and we find that common ground. Or we find, I find, listen, your idea is, is great. I'll, I'll give you an example of how this is playing out right now. Big tech. We got a problem. <laughs> okay, there's censorship. And it has to do with Section 230. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that's the immunity clause. So Democrats on one side think they're too big. They want to divide them up with antitrust. That's great. If that's all you do, you're taking the five great white sharks out there and turning them into a school of piranha. You're going to get eaten. It's just the size of the bite. You're proliferating the problem. So you've got to change Section 230. Why not do it on business contracts? So if you have the internet... And your subscriber, you have to be offered as a subscriber the whole range of options on the internet. Let's say I want to be censored. I choose this one. I don't want to have any bad uh, or pornography on my... I don't want to have any bad words. I can choose that. But if I want the open internet, you have to give it to me. If you violate those terms of agreement, you could lose your Section 230 and you can be sued. Take something simple to get it back to the constituents. Your customers mean everything to you. I look at painstakingly how 
articulate how perfect each one of those knives is. It astounds me. It's customer service, customer service, customer service. That's what we need to have them do. It's no so, different than so anybody else. You're, you're advocating uh, forcing tech companies to have full disclosure yep. with clarity. And then if they, if they don't live up to that clarity and we find out they've got their thumb on the scale, yep. they lose their Section 230 protection. Absolutely. So you're not saying let's unravel the internet right. by killing Section 230. No. Let's take 230, which is there for a reason. It, it, it was an idea. It's absolutely. A, and, and, and it, it, it it's, allowed it's, them to thrive. Right. But they've taken it too far. Part of the problem is Congress. As as we've seen in the in the, the uh, lawsuit with malware versus uh, another uh, out of the Ninth Circuit, Congress has yet to define that. So until they do, that immunity is has allowed them to pursue other avenues and environments of censorship. So we've given them basically a protection from the yep. mob. Yep. The, so Congress gave them with 230 a pr protection from the mob. They can't be sued by the mob for what's right. being said or done right. on the internet. Mm -hmm. And now they've used it as a as a cudgel for their agenda. Right. And so then whatever political party happens to be aligning to what they want at the time, you know, right now it happens to be benefiting Democrats. Right. The thing that Democrat, this is the thing that people, I think, are short-sighted about. Um getting rid of the filibuster. Oh, you mm -hmm. get rid of the filibuster now, you know you're not going to be in power forever. That's exactly right. And that boomerang is going to hit you in the back of the head and you're not going to like it. How did it work for judges when Harry Reid did the nuclear option? That's right. That's right. Um, and, and you look at the internet, you, see, you know, right now they happen to all be speaking the same language mm -hmm. as us, but the tides can shift across a decade and faster with the internet. Yeah. And if the tides shift, they're going to do this against us. Mm -hmm. So we need to we need to make it so that they can't do that. Yeah. So my, my point to that was, yeah. is, is why not go to somebody that worked with you on, say, another antitrust issue? And if you don't care who gets the credit, as long as it gets done, great. You know, people come to me and they said, listen, she took all your committees away. I said, liberating. They're like, what? <laughs> I said, it's absolutely liberating to me. They're like, explain. I said, I have now every committee. I can show up when I'm needed the most on a critical issue. I can go into that committee hearing and get my two cents worth in. Because you're allowed to attend subcommittee Absolutely. meetings. Absolutely. I can attend. I probably can't ask you any questions, but I can submit them. Right. And uh, I can also give them to some of my colleagues. Right. Right. So right. If, you, if you think you got rid of the problem, you just gave me more of a voice box. Right. What she should have done is lock you up in a couple of useless subcommittees that you kind of <laughs> yeah, have to attend, exactly. right? Should have, should have put me on the rules committee. <laughs> They're not real fucking good strategy. <laughs> no. Um, and you know, I, you know, it's a funny thing. I, I think one of the best, uh, it, I, I have to look at the bright side of things because mm -hmm. I'm just an yeah. eternally optimistic entrepreneur, mm -hmm. okay? I feel like we have to let these morons in charge every now and then for us to sit back and go, Oh, I mean, they're the best recruiting tool I've ever seen for conservatives is letting them run things right now yeah. because it's hard to objectively look at this and see any success. I agree. You know, what you'll hear people say is, well, they finally got us out of that Afghanistan. I said, well, we were almost out anyways. Yeah. And it might not be awesome that we're not that we're not a there a little bit. And, That's exactly right. You know. <laughs> what, what happened at the beginning of this week in regards to Syria? And they attacked both a rejuvenated ISIS. Listen, I see 
I'm actually a little frightened by what's happened because I don't think people understand the implications of, okay, people don't, most people don't connect with NATO. Like, how, mm -hmm. how does that make any difference? Yeah. The problem is NATO has been a counterbalance after we had two major world wars that killed millions and millions of people, right? Mm -hmm. And NATO could be crushed by this because what happens if people who want to become members, we stiff arm them and don't allow them mm -hmm. in? Now, Ukraine's probably not a great country to bring it to NATO. They're a corrupt, you know, uh, autocratic weird kind of place yeah but you can say the same thing about great britain and france uh, and I, germany absolutely <laughs> but um you know i i mean i heard we were putting 8500 troops on short standby uh you know to to head to europe and i'm, I'm going oh, wait a minute we're not actually going to go to war over over ukraine and russia but we're not posturing properly we're not we're not connecting with our allies the right way and the big problem is taiwan and the deep water ports it has on its coast yeah. for nuclear submarines. It has real tactical value to the mm -hmm. United States. And they're a friggin' ally counterbalanced to China. All of these things kind of interconnect and there's like a domino. I could see us mobilizing troops to Europe to rabble, rattle a saber mm -hmm. and, and China making a move on Taiwan while that happens. Well, you, you look at what's happened just here in Arizona from Taiwan. You have the Taiwanese, the semiconductor manufacturing company coming up North Phoenix. Mm -hmm. 1,600 jobs, and they're bringing their semiconductors, which are hard to get right now. Yeah, I, 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 that's a very clear signal for all of us yep. uh, for what the locals in Taiwan think is going to happen. That's exactly right. Right, because they're putting their capital where their belief is. That's exactly right. And when you saw the, the running retreat out of Afghanistan, none of our NATO allies, they, they, weren't, they weren't told. That, that shows you the disdain they had for our European uh, 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 partners. Yeah. It's and, 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 just lack of foresight. It, it's reactionary instead of uh, proactive. You know, I, I think, I mean, I think that there's kids running the White House. I think there's youngsters who don't have uh, wisdom of some experience. I don't know who's running it, but it doesn't seem like uh, an older person who's been around a while. Well, I don't know about that. I, you, you see this administration has so many holdovers from the Obama administration. Yeah. Susan Rice is close by. You've got Valerie Jarrett uh, on standby. You've got the comment from the former president basically saying, uh, wouldn't you want a third term? The only reason I had a third term is that I had somebody as a front man. Deja vu. Let me do, because uh, I know you've got pressing matters mm -hmm. around around town you need to get out of here, and I want to thank you for your time. I'd like to run through and do a quick lightning round uh, with you, okay? And you can make your answers as brief or as elaborate as you'd like, and I have about 10 of them. Yeah, perfect. Here we go. Thoughts on Anthony Fauci? Corrupt. Gotta go. Yes. Liar. Okay. Um... Thoughts on the COVID origins, because uh, that is the biggest cover-up of modern human times, in my opinion. Yeah, not just China. We need to know what uh, America, uh, United States, actually was doing behind the curtain. They're the ones who put the COVID uh, process together. They did the advanced uh, gain of function. Rand Paul is on top of this and right. And uh, we need to find out what our country did first. It's very, very uh, opportune to remember that Chairman G uh, last year made the comment, what we did, what did the United States do? I remember that. Yep. And I was like, oh. Yep. So, and follow the money. Right. Um, do you, side note, do you uh, interact with Rand Paul much? 
Uh, every once in a while, yeah, yeah, I know Rand very well. Very, very good guy. Okay. Um, talk to me. Uh, thoughts on the January sixth uh, debacle at the Capitol building after the Trump rally? So, take it was taken over. There were covert covert people in that, that uh, audience that actually started the the, the aspect, uh, the, the the problems. Go back to Miss, the governor of Michigan and what transpired with this uh, trying to abduct her. Mm -hmm. There were 12 people uh, indicted. Seven of them turned out to be FBI informants. In fact, the number two guy that orchestrated and pushed them to do all these, to go with these exercises, was an FBI informant that now is looking at the instigation investigation of January 6th. So the question isn't about just one asset how many assets did you have in that crowd that thwarted people? There were some good people there yeah. that, that walked in. There, there were some bad actors. That's why I've said over and over again, release the 14,000 hours of tape. Let people that did the violence get taken to court. But those that did nothing, let them, let let them be. But that's why words matter. In the National Defense Authorization Act, there's always been this thing that says, allows for the government for the indefinite detention of an American citizen without charge. <sighs> now you see that what the DC Gulag is all about. Yeah. And, and, and that's wrong. That yeah. is absolutely wrong. Yeah. I detest violence, and I said it over and over again. I was the one that stood up on Arizona's electorate because there were problems. People don't focus on what I said. Both campaigns whether it be Trump or Biden, we're going to have virtual inauguration on the 6th to the 21st, the 21st being inauguration day. I asked for 10 days for any state, but those in question to be able to have 10 days to facilitate, to make sure that their election results are right. That's it. That's all I asked for. Okay. Um, I feel like the January 6th debacle was catching the kids smoking pot in the living room and we're acting like they were burning the house down. Well, I, <laughs> I, 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 I tell you, people, we really need to hear from Nancy Pelosi and the, and the Sergeant of Arms. You know, I, 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 I'm, everyone says, oh, I'm, I abhor violence and blah, blah, blah. I'm a former Marine infantry guy. Mm -hmm. I actually don't abhor violence at all. There's mm -hmm. a time and a place for it. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't really look like it was that violent to me. And, and it didn't look like it was in any way organized to insurrect and take over the government. They looked like they were being agitators. Yeah, there, there, there were some. Um, and, but, and, and some were out of line and violent, yeah. of course, and all that. And, and, and uh, the, only, any, any, the only violence that really happened is an unarmed person got shot in the neck and died. So I, I'm not yeah, as... Actually not. What? There's another young lady who was beaten to death uh, by, uh, by uh, Metro Police. Oh. You have another gentleman that was hit by uh, uh, a, a, a smoke grenade. In the, but not in the not in the Capitol building itself, outside, right? Outside. outside. Okay. Uh, but she was on the steps. Right. Okay. So he was in the crowd. So, but everything that was used that day, we were told there were six people killed, like officers. Not true. Not true at all. In no. fact, Officer Signick that they pointed to had strokes early. Right. He died of natural causes, and he was never seen. People actually said to medics and to his, 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 his uh, 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 friends, something's wrong with him. He needs to have attention. 
they ignored it. This was before the January 6th thing. This was during the, the January 6th, before the... In, so before the altercation. The altercation, sorry. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, he, 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 how many how many American civilians were involved in going into the Capitol building? Do you know? I have, have any idea have about no, how many? I have no idea. Now, I've watched the videos. It looks like less than a couple hundred people. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like less than... I mean, it looks like maybe a hundred to me. It doesn't look like that many people. Yeah, well, and people were saying, I mean... You can say whatever you want to say about Alexander and, and others. When they saw it happening, they were saying, stay out of the Capitol. No violence. Over and over. Right. And but something clicked here. Now, how accountable is a government whose police state is covertly and anticipating setting up a trap? Well, it's interesting you bring this up because the next thing was I was going to ask your thoughts on the FBI. Corrupt agency. Got to be cleaned out. I think so, top to bottom. And I, I, I don't think it's just a leadership. It, no, no, it's rank and file because mm -hmm. they take orders and they follow them to a T. Mm -hmm. Look at what just happened in Virginia. The attorney general there wiped it clean. He took the civil rights division and cleaned house. Here's your results. Who paid the penalty for Fast and Furious? Nobody. They just did it in Mexico. Imagine that. Restitution was found in Mexico before the United States. How about Fast and uh, about Benghazi? How about the IRS? How about the man masking American citizens? How about the Hillary Clinton emails? How about uh, how about lying in the FISA court, which we all know happened, and we know who did it, and we know everything about absolutely. it. Absolutely. How is how if we if work? I did that or you did that, we'd go to jail. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you might not actually go to jail. Oh, well, they. I'm on. First they, on the they'd left. probably throw you to jail. They, 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 yeah. <laughs> but look, look at look at what they did with parents going to a school board. Yeah. You had a secretary of labor. Already going to the attorney general and saying soliciting a, a, a letter, and and we're because you care about your kids' education. Unbelievable! You're a terrorist now. Um. So overall thoughts on the election. Um. Do you think Trump actually won the election? I do. Okay. And uh, on a on a scale of zero to one hundred, with what certainty? Ninety nine. Okay. Uh, Ukraine. Let me ask you more specifically. What are your thoughts on our, on what's going on with between Russia and Ukraine and how we're responding? Uh, the Biden administration has set the table. They're the, they're responsible for all this. Number one, the Trump administration had uh, Russia where they wanted them. Mm -hmm. They had no gas uh, gas pipe and oil going to Germany and uh, Nord Stream two and low oil prices absolutely which keeps them unfunded unfunded and makes us more geopolitically uh, relevant uh, relevant yeah. exactly right yeah so you set the table that you give him the money to be the big bully yeah so they they've done this rising up eighty five hundred that's going to do nothing. When you're talking about a quarter million people, uh, uh, warriors all right. along the border, and all they got to do is walk across That's the exactly, fence. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then you got a buffoon that basically says allowing them to go into the Ukraine, but to how far? How much? Yeah, a little incursion. Yeah, it's a debacle. It's a debacle. It's an absolute debacle. And at this stage in the game, we're not going to do anything. I I agree. Stop. Um, let's let's uh, talk just for a moment about. Um, quick, quick couple questions and we'll let you go. Yeah. Um, what is the biggest problem you see in our government in Washington right now? What's the number one problem? Ineptness. So just the, incompetent people? It's, it's the bureaucracy. They're siloed. You know, they've got, they live in a bubble. 
they don't care about you, Greg. They don't care about me out here in the real world. It's their world. How do we fix I, it? Uh, 10th Amendment. We start taking back those powers that we, the people, kept for us, the states and the people, and take away uh, from the federal government. One of the things I've been saying for a while, because I've, you know, I've been considering, you know, really running for governor, mm -hmm. uh, is that the governorship in states is the most powerful position in this country because we can not internationally but within the country mm -hmm. i think governors are about the most powerful especially when you have a weak president because you can force their hand mm -hmm. at every turn and desantis is doing a great job yep um the governor in texas is doing it the governor in uh, south dakota is doing yep. it um these these major pushbacks against federal overreach that mm -hmm. uh gives space for others to reject uh, federalism. Uh, and I'll go a step further. Not just the governor, but the attorney generals of yeah. uh, the states mm -hmm. and secretary of states. Look at look at the or lieutenant governor, whoever's got the oversight of the yep. of the, uh, the voting. Mm -hmm. And then our state legislators. That is key because when you look at all the things with voting, it's orchestrated through the legislature. It's the most overlooked by the electorate. You yeah. know, the, you know, uh, uh, what do they, they, the, the, everyone knows people show up for the presidential mm -hmm. election, mm -hmm. uh, off your elections are very lightly attended, very mm -hmm. lightly engaged. And the down ballot is very lightly engaged mm -hmm. by the electorate. And people ask me all the time, what do you think we should do? I'm like, know everybody you're voting for yep. and find mic dropping ballers who want to kick over tables and are, are yeah. mad. Who do you think is going to be our next governor? Uh, Carrie Lake. I think so too. Yeah, she's got that aura to her. People are fascinated. She speaks well. She's got a handle on some of the most of the issues. And for those that she doesn't, she is not ashamed to ask people that are in the know to say, how do we solve this? How, how do we get it done? You know, I'm always skeptical of somebody coming out of, the, uh, you know, 20, 30 years in, uh, in, in media because I think media is just a big dead corpse. Mm -hmm. But she's coming out. I, 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 I call it the Trump era born again right wing mm -hmm. person. She's she sounds like a Trumper, uh, and her instincts seem to be pushing her towards kind of Trumpism. Yeah, and, and, and she gave away a great job. She walked away from yeah. a great job right. to do this to be insulted. You know, uh, if you if you want something of the same, then don't vote for her. But we don't want the same. Yeah. Same old, same old. We yeah. want action. We want people to answer to the people. She does that. She's reached out numerous times before she announced. It's asked, why did you vote that way? What was behind the scenes? Mm -hmm. And that tells me that that individual is curious as to what was the reason that you took that stand on the NDAA? Why did you take that stand on this bill? Here's the underlying thing. I can't, I can't live with myself if this changes because if you have a ham, doesn't matter how thin you cut that ham, you eventually run out of ham. You gotta make sure that you are standing on the principles founded this country. I'm a federalist just like you. So I can start a fight, but if it's at the state level, I'm a spectator. I, that, that, that we don't want more of that. We don't want more of that overreach. Of, You're an uh, anti-federalist like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so I want to make sure that those that have the power answer to that power. Yeah. I, I give lots of ideas. I, I'm known as an idea freak. Um, I got my team is surround, that surrounds me do the same thing. We listen to people. As I said to you earlier, if you listen to people, they're going to tell you what the problem is. Yeah.
if you shut up, they're going to tell you the solution <laughs> and empower them to be part of the, the implementation. Yeah. I, uh, I, I see, uh, accountability is the number one thing this yep. country needs to focus on. Um, and I think we need to build some sort of sun, sunset clause into the constitution. I don't know how we could get enough people together, but that all things must end at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, so that everything has to come up for review again at some point. It doesn't become a part of the permanent lexicon. I, I agree with you. Uh, that's one of my big things is that uh, what is the sunset clause on every piece of legislation? Yeah. You should be able to look at it. I'll give you an example. During this COVID, we found out, you know, that public health had uh, a huge grasp on us. There were therapeutics out there that have shown that they would work. And they blocked them. And they blocked them. So we have to go through that sunset and sunrise application on the pharmacy board mm -hmm. to say that if there's a doctor, I'm one of those that had a prescriptive license. If I want to use something off label, I'm responsible. But it's up to me for that liability. Right. The state can't tell me otherwise. I, you know, it's unbelievable what's happened in with personal medical stuff. I yeah. had a, I've had women say to me, uh, "Well, are you vaccinated?" I'll say, "Well, are you menstruating?" <laughs> it's none of my fucking business. It's yeah. not yours either. God yeah. damn it! Yeah, I'm like what? Are, are your kids vaccinated? Whoa! Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That, it's crazy what's you happened. Know, the, 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 and the science that's now coming out. It's appalling. Yeah. It's actually appalling. When it's a big crime against humanity what's happening. It actually is. It's a crime. But, but once again, there's a, there's a way, way to this madness. Andrew Cuomo, before he left as governor of New York, explained to us exactly what was going to happen. We now know how we can take your Second Amendment. Public health emergency. Right. And we, we've seen him try it. Yep. Well... Um, I think they're they're uh, they've had a successful overreach and they're they're getting their hand pulled back right now, and it'll be interesting to see if in the next hundred years it could happen again. Well, listen, I got to tell you, I know I got to wrap things up. It is absolute pleasure having you in. I hope it was uh, as I much. I had a wonderful time sitting down and talking to you. Guys. I hope so. It was... You know, and I'm glad that you're smiling. You know, we like what we're doing. We smile about, about who we are. The other side hates it. That's why they frown. They're <laughs> unhappy. So if you want to start a solution today, you want to tick off a liberal smile. I, you know, I love this country so much. I get teary-eyed talking about it. I saw my grandfather always when he became an American citizen. He he talked about it, and I yeah. knew him 50 years afterwards. And he talked about it, was teary-eyed about how he became an American. It's uh, the only country you can choose to become. Even if you aren't here, you can become an American. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And, yeah. and that's the upside for Arizona is great, Greg. Can you yeah. think about all the things that technology needs? They're in abundance here. And we know mining better than anywhere else in the world. We do it better. We don't use slave labor, children labor. We don't uh, uh, ransom people. Yeah. Why not empower us? And we we can do this. And yeah. We can do it scientifically. I too. love this state, and I love all these squinty-eyed, dirt-kicking, semi-hostile towards foreign power kind of naysaying, smart, you know, uh, Arizona types. I think about it. It was it's funny, you know, John Wayne came out of Southern California to find his cowboy persona here in Arizona. That's exactly right. Um, it, it's not fake. If you uh, walk one step out of Maricopa County into the rest of the state, you find a bunch of real serious people, and I, I love it here. I love this state so well, much. It's, it's in our pedigree. If you remember when we, we tried to become a state, Taft wouldn't let us because we wanted to recall federal judges. <laughs> we were ahead of our time. What did we do? We took it out, we became a state, and then we recalled federal judges. You know, that... that, that, uh, that individuality that uh rugged individualism yeah, yeah for sure just espouses it so you're not running to it you're running 
to it. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you very Great, much thanks. for coming Kevin, in. A real pleasure it. to meet you in yeah, person. Thanks. thanks. Hey, guys, what a, uh, you know, what an awesome opportunity. How often do you get to see in this a long format in the, in the modern press? The answer is never with the modern press, with the mainstream media, even with Fox News or the conservative media. How often do you get to sit down in this long format, have an in-depth conversation that follows really what's going on inside the person that's you know it's hard to be any closer inside the kind of ruling class than to have someone that's currently in the ruling class sitting and and to be able to pick their brain and hear their responses to things and peel back the layers of the media screen and the 10 second sound bite and the and and the political ad and and the bs that's out there there's so much noise uh and i i suppose we should give thanks to joe rogan who's made this format where so many people, millions and millions of people every day are sitting down for these deep dives that mainstream media would never do. And to have citizens like, you know, like myself, uh, basically a nobody that likes making knives out here in Arizona, to be able to sit down with someone who's uh, in the halls of power for our country and and, and kind of open the door and to have them credit uh, uh, to Congressman Gozer to just step in and you know, no background on me. Let's, hey, let's sit down and talk. It's pretty awesome. I think about what an amazing country that is. Uh, it's an amazing country to be a part of, and I hope you guys appreciate uh, us here doing it. So uh, that's the Greg Medford Show for today. I'm out.